What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Stoner Thoughts official podcast here on Spotify. It's me, Nick. And you know what? Tonight, I have, like, a weird topic that I wanted to talk about. And it's weird to me because, like, I was born in the 90s, all right? So I missed out on all the huge, like, a lot of the huge, like, anti-marijuana PSAs and, like, propaganda and shit like that. By the time I was in high school, weed was already on its way to becoming legal. Like, there was legislation in order, I think, like, my sophomore year. And, like, by the time I was a junior, people could go and get their med cards. Like, if you had a legitimate reason to use medical marijuana, like, which in California was as simple as telling a doctor, I get headaches sometimes. Can I have a marijuana card? And they would give you a marijuana card. Like, it was a fucking joke. For the longest time. Like, I remember my buddy got one when he turned 18, like, two weeks after his 18th birthday. After he got his ID and everything like that. He went and got his marijuana card, right? And he literally told the doctor that he had been diagnosed with, like, clinical depression. And took, like, a stack of paperwork. He said the doctor didn't even look at the paperwork. Just took his word for it. And gave him his marijuana card. Like, he got it in the mail a while later. And the first thing he did when he got that card was go to a dispensary and buy weed for absolutely everybody in the house. Like, it was it was kind of neat having a bunch of roommates and shit at that point because he literally went and got his marijuana card and then went and bought everybody fucking weed. Right? And because so many people were smoking weed now, like, just because you smelled weed in the air at night, like, it became much less of, like, a, oh, shit, somebody's smoking, and much more of, oh, wow, somebody's smoking. Like, I feel like a lot of it caused marijuana, like, lose the hype that it had of doing it before legalization. Because, like, I remember the struggle of having to have a plug, having to know somebody that knew somebody, knowing somebody yourself, making the word get around, like, yeah, I'm looking to buy some weed. Without getting, like, caught, <clears throat> excuse me, caught, arrested, Find or like otherwise interrogated by police like so we heard you were looking to buy some weed sorry about the wind also guys it's like picking up a little bit out here so I'm gonna try to not drag on too long tonight so anyways like the big stigma behind marijuana was like that it was gonna make you slow it was gonna make your like brain rot you were gonna be stuck You weren't going to be able to think. It was going to make you stupid. It was going to make you lazy. But then, like, I remember a friend of mine and I smoked, and we got the munchies. And when we got the munchies, it was, like, the best thing ever because the first time I got the munchies wasn't the first time that I got high. It was, like, the fourth or fifth time that I got stoned that I really got, like, what one would consider to be, like, the genuine munchies like the actual like I need a snack now phase of being stoned and like the crazy part with getting the munchies was I didn't expect it to hit me as hard as it fucking did like it was literally like I need a snack and I need a snack now or I'm gonna like be starving hungry for the rest of my life To the point that I remember consuming an entire Fiesta pack with two friends in like 20 minutes. It was like a pack of wolves descending on like a bunny. 
there's no better way to picture it. Like, it was just brutal. Like, that Fiesta pack stood no chance. It was like we were all, like, top of the food chain predators or some shit. And that poor Fiesta pack was just, like, a tiny little, like, woodland squirrel looking, like, to find a place to hide. We destroyed that Fiesta pack. Hardcore. And my biggest enemy when I smoke is cotton mouth. Because I will admit... I'm sitting outside with no drink right now, and it's becoming, like, to be more and more worrisome because I really, really want to drink something, but I left my water bottle sitting on the counter inside, and I'm not about to get up and go get it, but I'm literally going to go chug a drink after the podcast. I don't know if you guys can tell from my voice, but my mouth is so dry right now. Like, it feels like I'm licking the hardened sands of the Sahara Desert. Like, I put, like, a straight-up salt cube in my mouth, and I can taste nothing but, like, desert sand. And the reason I'm this high is because this is my third take of the podcast tonight. That's why I haven't hit the pen yet, because I'm trying to, like, mellow out from the bowl that I smoked and recorded and went on this huge tangent about absolutely everything in existence, which I'm probably still going to do, but I've decided this is the last take I'm doing. So whatever we get tonight is what we get tonight. The truest stoned stoner thoughts. Now, let's hit the pen again, and I'm going to spark up another pre-roll. And we'll get into me explaining why I'm talking about the legalization of marijuana and like what it meant to me personally as a teenager. <laughs> okay. All right, now we'll spark this one up. Uh, Sorry, excuse me. So... As a teenager, the legislations and the more talks of like how marijuana was going to become legal, how it was going to be legalized, like you had to get a medical card. There was all sorts of statutes and prerequisites to getting a medical card, which all turned out to be completely thrown out the window at one point. Because like I said previously, you could tell a doctor anything and get a medical marijuana card. The only thing about getting a medical marijuana card is state-wise, totally cool. Feds-wise, totally not cool because it was state-legal. It still is kind of the sim- it's kind of a similar case because it's state-legal, but it's not federally legal, which means if you get pulled over Right. If you get pulled over and you have an open pack of cigarettes in your console, a cop isn't going to say anything to you. But you get pulled over and you have an open marijuana container in your console. You can get in some serious fucking shit. And in order to transport your own cannabis, all I could find was these few details. A lot of people advise this. This is like the number one tips on Twitter is smell proof bags. Don't carry more than like an eighth or a half ounce with you at any given time. And it must be in a smell proof bag out of reach of the driver. So, i.e. 
a lot of people recommend keeping it like tucked under your back seat or in like a stowaway or inside of a backpack or something like that. Because that way it doesn't seem like you were smoking while driving. And another thing about it is if you keep it below an ounce, you're pretty much safe. Like if you have, of course, obviously like dispensaries, I believe will only let you purchase up to an ounce of flour at a time. But there have been a few that I've gone to where, yeah, I can only buy an ounce of flour, but I can buy as many dabs as I want and as many vape carts as I want, as many stizzies as I want, as many edibles as I want. Like, taking us back to the beginning of 29, of not, not necessarily beginning of 2019, but the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. When me and my friend were locked inside for 14 days, me, my friend, my sister, who this friend was dating at the time, and the kids were all locked inside a house for like weeks at a time, right? Now, when we got our stimulus checks, do you think we saved it up? No, 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 no. I remember getting my tax return that year and it was fat and I bought myself an iPhone 11 Pro and it was my first Pro iPhone that I ever got. And I'm on the 14 right now, but I want to get like the next Pro edition because the Pro, I looked at the specs between the 14 and the 14 Pro, and I really didn't find any reason to get the big upgrade this time. Plus, I gotten kind of used to a smaller phone with the iPhone 11 Pro because it was about the same like form factor, and I kind of like it. Being able to use my phone with one hand is amazing. Like, the pros are cool, yeah, but, like, come on now. Let's be real. Anyways, I got myself an iPhone 11 Pro. And with this iPhone, I started the podcast that you're listening to right now. It started off as stoned or stupid. Then it moved on to becoming my main TikTok camera for live streaming my gaming, the fishing in Minecraft that I did for, like, a year, almost every day where people would just come in, I'd play lo-fi music and fish in Minecraft and talk to people in the chat. And people would donate. I got thousands of likes. I had 13,000 followers on me on the original TikTok until I lost the ability to change the password on it because I got locked out of an email. Now, side note, always have a recovery system set up for every single account you make. And that phone became my primary, like, media production device like this phone yeah it's it produces the media it records my sounds and stuff but i typically like go on the macbook and like edit and post things and do things like that if i do post videos and it's interesting because back to my high school days i could never picture running a podcast where i'm literally sitting here smoking a joint on my porch and uploading it to the internet on an almost daily basis. Like, that would never have happened back then. Because you know what would have happened, like, by the time I posted, like, the 10th episode of me smoking before legalization? None of my videos would have made it to platform. None of my podcasts would have been, like, published and shared around a whole bunch, except for maybe in, like, niche communities. And even then, by the time that, like, I would tell half the stories and things that I've told stories about back then, I would have been arrested. 
Because I remember learning about one of my friends being arrested because he posted a picture of a bag of weed on MySpace. And it was literally a random image, like JPEG image of a bag of weed. And cops like swarmed his house. Now the difference now is like I've noticed cops really don't care about weed. Like I can literally probably just walk down the street smoking my stizzy, getting stoned as hell. And like the cops out here in California would just bat an eye at you and be like, really, dude? Go home. I'd be like, all right, cool, I'm going home. Like some cops would be dicks and give you like drunk in public, but like, or under the influence in public. Public intoxication, there's the word I'm going for. But, like, most cops would just be like, okay, dude, are you high? Yeah, okay, go home. Oh, all right, cool, I'm going. Like, and that would pretty much be the end of it. But back then, like, I remember when I got caught with weed. Like, it was like, it was like I committed, like, a cardinal sin. Getting caught smoking, getting caught with weed, like, getting caught red-handed with a lighter and everything, the roll papers and shit like that. And my parents were pissed, 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 pissed. Nowadays, if you caught a kid smoking, yeah, your parents would still be pissed, but you'd be like, who'd you get it from? Who'd you get it from? And like, your dad would probably just take your shit and smoke it. Right? Right. But back then, like, God, I'm pretty sure my mom took my weed and smoked it, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. Like, now you can just get stoned on the way to go to Del Taco. Back then, we had to, like stealthily smoke a joint while having like two of us smoke like cigarettes or like light like matches and shit to cover up the smell of weed in the bathrooms or like if we were gonna walk down the street and smoke we walked down like the darkest avenue and smoked like we would take long long winding routes to get places because we wanted to smoke while we were going there and we'd get stoned half the time and we'd carry our skateboards because like I don't know if you've ever tried skating super duper high, but it's really not a good idea. I mean, longboarding, I used to longboard home high, but at least I only had to ride in a straight line. And I'm not even going to lie. There was a few times that I completely ate shit for no fucking reason. Other than me being a goofball and either just falling off the board completely or like stepping or moving my front foot when I should have moved my back foot and just absolutely eating shit. Like I remember one time I'm skating home from work. And I hit this sidewalk and I hit this really soft patch and my head decided turn. So I tried to swerve while on a really, really like greasy patch of sidewalk. Board flew out from under me. I slid like five feet. My board rolled in the street, ran out into the street, grabbed my board, ran back to the sidewalk. And like, there was literally a cop passing by and he goes, you okay, bud? You okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I ate shit, man. Oh, it fucking hurt. And yeah, I was one of those dudes that used to wear a helmet when I'd skate to and from work because I would haul ass on my longboard. Because there was one way to get there where you'd go up the hill a little bit further and skate downhill to work, and I would literally be cooking on that longboard. Then there was the way home where you'd go the opposite way where you'd be rolling downhill anyway. And I would literally fly home on that longboard. Especially because some nights when I turn onto the main street to go down to get to my house, like the long straight road that was usually busy at night, on those rare summer nights where there was nobody on the road, I would just gas my longboard straight down a hill, bomb it. Like I would sit down on my longboard and just roll down the hill and be doing like 20, 25 miles an hour. It was fucking awesome.
And like, especially when you're high as fuck, that's really cool. You're holding on for dear life and it's scary at some points, but it's really fucking cool. And the only way to stop was to put your feet flat on the sides of your board and like slide to a stop. Which sometimes I failed to do and thankfully for me, the light was green. So I just zoomed through an intersection one time. I caught air over a little bump and like kept rolling down the hill and like threw all my weight into turning onto my mom's street, hit a big ass splash of water and spun my board. I didn't fall, but I spun to a stop, stood up and walked the rest of the way home shaking like crazy because that was like, that was intense. That was too scary, dude. And that's the thing, like legalization has brought about a lot of good stories for me and a lot of good memories, but like it wasn't always like this. Before legalization, it was a lot more of an intense punishment to be caught with weed. Like it was a lot more of like a more than a slap on the wrist. Like, hey, don't do that. It was more of a you've committed a crime against your fellow man. How do you feel about it? I'm going to sneak inside. Give him the pre-roll. And a drink. Hold on. Pre-roll a Okay, now that I've done my stealth mission into the house and I'm not editing that out because, like, I love my hilarious one-take videos, don't you guys? So, pre-legalization brought about a lot of, like, intense moments for me and my friends as kids. Because, like, weed was illegal. You couldn't just go around getting high. Like, it was extremely frowned upon in society. Like, you couldn't do that. But we did it anyway. And there was so many times where, like, I questioned smoking and there was times where like, I'm not going to lie to you. I outright quit smoking for long periods of time to the point that like when my sister had a friend over at her house where we were living in a state where weed was nowhere near legal, I got pissed because he was smoking a joint with my sister and I was just not happy about it. I was like, you know what? I came out here to get away from that shit. What the fuck? Like, you know, that's the shit I got arrested for and all this. And I was like, if I get caught again, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I was having a genuine, like, mental, like, debate with myself about how okay it was that my sister was smoking weed in front of me. And my debate ended with, no, that's not okay. And now here I am, back to being, like, fucking... I don't know. I don't want to say like a huge stoner or anything like that. I mean, yeah, I smoke a lot of weed, but like here I am back to being a fucking pothead and like loving it because I don't know, man, like yesterday with the edibles, like, dude, I took those edibles and I kid you not, like I, I went back and listened to the episode that I recorded and I made no fucking sense. Now, Again, back to pre-legalization. You couldn't just go and buy edibles. You had to make edibles. And there was never any way to tell how strong those edibles were, how pure those edibles were, or how dangerous the shit you were putting in your body was if you bought it from someone you didn't know. 
Like, if there was, like, pesticides on that weed, if there was, like, like, I don't know, if it was laced with something, like, you just never knew back then. But now I can go into a dispensary and be like, I want your premium gelato. I want your white widow. I want your blue dream. I want your Girl Scout cookies, like your best Girl Scout cookie strain. Like, you couldn't do that back in the day. If you were talking to a plug, it was, hey, man, what do you got? Weed. All right, cool. Here's 20 bucks. Cool. Here's a bag of this. And you never knew if it was going to be good shit. Like, yeah, there'd be times where it was really good shit. And then there'd be times where it was just shit. Like, I mean, like, there were times where me and my friends had to smoke the whole bag to get, like, a buzz off of it. And then there was times where, like, we wouldn't even finish one bowl because that shit was, like, Mars-level stoned. And there was no definitive pricing either. Like, one week, what you bought for 10 bucks could be 20 bucks if it was scarce. Another week, what you bought for 50 bucks could be 20 bucks or 25 if you were fucking feeling brave and that dealer needed money. And then when we started selling weed to kids, like, not selling weed to kids as adults, selling weed to kids when we were kids, everybody knew that my prices were dictated by the quality of my product. I was a pretty honest weed salesman, if I do say so. Like, if I was selling somebody shit and I needed to make more money than it was worth, I would only sell it to, like, the rich kids who always had extra money to burn. Who would pay, like, $35 for a fucking couple grams of cheap shit? Because I told them it was good shit. And in their mind, they were like, it's good shit. And they don't smoke often enough to know that it's not good shit. But, like, the real potheads, they'd be like, dude, you're selling for 35 for a couple grams? I'd be like, nah, dude, for you, like, 15 bucks, man. Like, the homies, the friends, they would get, like, the you-know-what's-up discount. But I feel like drug dealing was honestly more honest before legalization. So let's all just be happy that now we have legal weed. We managed to exist in the same timeline where cannabis has been made legal. There are still penalties and there's still laws and there's still legislation going on. But let's just be happy that for a few of us, at least, we can just drive right down the street, go to a dispensary, buy our weed, go home and get stoned. So let's just all take a moment and appreciate that. Think about that. Think about how lucky you are to be listening to this in this time frame. Because if we weren't in this time frame, I probably wouldn't be doing this. I'd be like in college still or something. I'd have a doctorate by now at this point. So anyways, guys, I'm going to go get a little more stoned. You guys have an awesome night. Stay high, stay rad, stay lit. And I will talk to all you guys on the next episode of the Stoner Thoughts Podcast. Good night.